you found the Mama Shift podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Liz Walker. So multitask away and get inspired and empowered to create the life of your dreams. Hello and welcome to the Mama Shift podcast. I'm so excited about our guest today. I have been trying to get her on the podcast since I first started recording and uh, the first time I asked her, she was like, what am I going to say? I've got nothing to say. But it turns out she does, and she has a fantastic message. Uh, Dr. Leah Dukowitz is a chiropractor in Shiloh, Illinois. She has three boys. She is a holistic uh, warrior, always researching the new things, the way to kind of build your health from within rather than from the outside in. And uh, she has, like I said, an amazing story to share. Her eldest son um, was having seizures, and they had to go down the road on to figure out how and why they were happening. And so um, this is for everyone who's had to deal with medical issues, which I would bet it's everyone, especially with three boys. <laughs> but um, yeah, I just had such a great time talking to her and learned so much. One of the big things that stands out to me is that we talked about creating a health team and that health is really a team sport and you need people surrounding you and to find that team can be tricky, but it's so worth it. So I'm going to let Leah take it away, um, and I hope you gained you gain as much value from her words of wisdom that I gained from her. So enjoy. So Dr. Leah, thanks for joining us. I'm so happy to have you on the Mothership podcast. Um, do you want to give us a little introduction uh, for everyone listening? Uh, sure. Um, my name is Leah Dukowitz. I am a family wellness uh, chiropractor. Uh, I've been in practice for 11 years. I am a mom of uh, three boys, uh, seven, five, and 11. Uh, the names are Wyatt Watson and Walker. Yeah, 11 months. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that's what I meant. He'll <laughs> yeah. uh, be a year in a week. Um, and let's see, uh, I'm married to my uh, loving and adoring husband, um, and I really love um, all things natural and holistic, and I'm really passionate about um, uh, individuals and parents making um, our choices with their health. It's kind of my happy place that gives me goosebumps where I feel inspired. Yeah, and that's kind of um, where we want to start the conversation off with, because you had um, a couple of big things happen to your kids recently, um, Walker broke his leg, which is crazy. And then mm-hmm. 11 month old. And then Wyatt, your oldest, um, went through some seizures and you guys obviously went through a medical paradigm with that. And, and I wanted to kind of chat about how you navigated that and advocated for yourself, especially coming from that holistic mindset, having to enter the hospital and the neurology um, from the, the medical standpoint. So can you kind of share Wyatt's story first so we can touch on Walker after? Yeah, yeah. Um, so so my son uh, was six at the time and uh, he, in the middle of the night, had a, uh, had a seizure. It was, in the scheme of things, the seizures, it was, it was short. It was less than 30 seconds. Um, 
And then about a month later, he had another one. At that time, we were able to turn on the light and see exactly what was going on. And we took him to the emergency room. Um, when we took him uh, to the Children's Hospital uh, in St. Louis, they um, you know, did their, their usual evaluations and whatnot. Their ER is really amazing. It's actually where I recommend patients go if they have any kind of serious injury for their kids um, or um, serious health event. Um, and so they referred us to the early onset seizure clinic um, where I had uh, built up in my mind that they were going to um, I was going to find out some answers. I had already read lots of, you know, published like medical journals and I had found out the stats on childhood seizure. Um, actually, when they have more than one, so if their second seizure, actually, they're more, they're 80% more likely to have more seizures if they've had a second one. Like one is kind of like, oh, maybe that's, maybe that was a thing, maybe it wasn't. Uh, and then once they have had a second, uh, there's an 80% likelihood that they'll have more. So we went to the uh, alarmed, you know, like terrified. I was also pregnant uh, with our third son at the time. Um, we went to the appointment and it was nothing like that I thought it was going to be. Uh, honestly, the, the extensive paperwork I had to fill out, um, they didn't even ask me for it. Like they didn't even, the reception people didn't even ask me for it. Um, and then the, the fellow that came in to do the examination and everything um, couldn't figure out how to work the, you know, the like, um, the otoscope and, uh, and it wasn't plugged in and she didn't connect with Wyatt, uh, our son at all. Um, and for a children's hospital, it was really kind of unusual because it was not like any emergency room visit that we had had. They had connected with him always, made us feel very comfortable. And of course, we had some questions uh, after the examination. And, uh, and she wanted to know if he had had any behavioral issues at school, if, you know, if he had regressed, if he was experiencing any anger or uh, any outbursts at school, anything like that. Uh, and we said no. Um, the teachers have said he's been his normal self outside of, um, at home, he was very fearful of being left alone, which was uh, something that kind of was leading up to these two events. So she was wanting to put, uh, put him on medication for seizures that had a 50% chance of working. And so we said, well, what happens if we don't? You know, I mean, what's the cause of this? What happens if we don't do that? And she said, well, we're doing testing. We had an EEG and then she had ordered an MRI. Um, and she said that many times with seizures, those come back normal. Um, that there's no like, you know, there's no tumor or, or uh, anything that they can see in any of those tests that would be the reason why somebody has a seizure. Sometimes they just don't know that their treatment is to just put them on medication anyways. So she wanted to put them on medication right away, even though it had been weeks since the second uh, seizure without any any other ones and so I said well have you what happens if we don't if we try to see if he has any more of course if he has a third you know we will be back here saying okay let's do something let's like, look at what our options are 
Uh, and she was like, well, if you don't, uh, it would be reversible. You know, it would be reversible. You wouldn't be doing any irreparable damage, you know, so long as he didn't have some crazy grandma seizure or something like that. Mm-hmm. So we felt pretty confident in that. Like, okay, well, let's just wait and see. And she seemed to be on board. But when she brought in the attending, it was a whole different ballgame. Um, she got combative with us, kind of. I mean, uh, the, the attending tried to explain the situation to us. Similar to what she said was, I think we should put him on medication. And I said, well, it's only 50% effective. How are we going to know if he's just not having seizures anymore or if the medicine is working? And he said, well, if he has more seizures, we'll just up his meds. And I said, but what if he would never have a seizure without, you know, without the meds? We wouldn't even know that. And then all of a sudden she looked at me and she said, if you don't put him on medication, he could die. Wow. Mind you, my six-year-old son is in the room. He is terrified because they have made no effort to connect with her, with him. And he has since crawled under my chair. Mm -hmm. So we left without taking the medication and like I cried. I cried on the way home. I was, I built up this moment in my head to get some answers with some specialists and they were not willing to bend or to see things from my point of view at all. Um, And I just couldn't believe that this is what the public goes through when they take their child places like this. They're scared. And, you know, some of them are informed, but some of them aren't, and they just take people's word for it. Mm -hmm. So I was very disheartened, and I had to go to, uh, I went to the office that afternoon, actually, and one of my patients has had a complex neurological um, condition, and a pediatric patient, and she really liked her neurologist. And so I asked her, and her mom, or what the name of the neurologist was, and I called, I sent them an email that day, and they got back to me, and uh, I am so grateful to uh, this pediatric neurologist. She uh, turned out to be a triple board certified pediatric neurologist who was, is in private practice with uh, seven other uh, physicians and a nurse practitioner in an integrated model. So you actually pay to be a member there, and then they, um, you know, you can either pay them cash or they can bill a little bit of your insurance or whatever. Mm-hmm. Well, she was willing to meet with us on a Friday um, in her street clothes on her day off. Wow. And when I walked in, she just gave me a hug. <laughs> I'm totally gonna cry because <laughs> I was so scared that something was wrong. And he was just not acting normal, but I just knew in my heart that putting him on, on medication right at that moment was just masking the cause of what was going on. Mm-hmm. So she gave me a hug and she was like, so I looked at the MRI and I looked at the, the information you sent. And she was like, well, I need to examine him and I can't tell you one way or the other without him actually being a patient. Uh Um, She was willing to listen to us and listen to our concerns. And 
hear my heart and you know my mind and my intellect that I didn't think that it was the way that we wanted to go right off the bat mm -hmm. and she looked at me and she said Leah I am not telling you that we that I won't recommend medication I'm not telling you that because mm -hmm. I might but what I am telling you is that we are an integrated facility here. One of the first things he's going to do is, uh, with, you know, with my evaluation, is I'm going to refer him to uh, my functional medicine uh, DO, and we're going to do. She's going to do her evaluation, and um, we're going to do. We're going to look at some lifestyle things first. Mm -hmm. And I felt, and Troy felt so relieved at, at meeting her. And, and that approach. And I, cause I was okay if he need, if he needed to have medication, that was okay. But I just didn't, and I don't feel many times that that's the first route to go. Right. That there was a cause to this situation. Mm -hmm. So fast forward, we uh, did an elimination diet uh, was what the functional medicine doctor recommended. And uh, that meant we cut out 11 different things. So we cut out gluten, dairy, eggs, corn, soy, chocolate, um, alcohol. I mean, I was pregnant, so I wasn't drinking. <laughs> like that was part of the things we cut out. Um, it was like gosh, pork. there's more pork. Beef. Yeah. Oh, and there's two more things. And then of course, anything processed. Right. Um, sure. MSG yeah. was one that was named. Oh, yeah. And then sugar. Any any refined sugar. What about um, honey and or maple syrup? No. So honey and maple syrup we could do a little bit, but okay. he had tested uh, he had candida in his stool test, so we were trying to avoid uh, okay. some of that as well. Which um, uh, so we did that for about we cut all that stuff out, and um, it was drastic. Pretty much, I had to cook everything, and uh, yeah. my my mother in law was amazing. Uh, who helps out watch the kids and she helped she got on board right away I actually took her to the appointment with me so we could figure out what the heck we were gonna make Gosh. Um, and so having a support team like that family friends whatever is really important as well um and when my parents came down they were totally on board with all that stuff too um so we did that for about 90 days uh, and all of us noticed a, dr a dramatic difference. Um, uh, bowel movements were completely different, more regular. My middle, my now middle son would complain about his tummy hurting often. And um, just here and there, like my tummy hurts, my tummy hurts. Well, he stopped doing that. Um, and come to find out he has a dairy sensitivity, mm. um, which I think we all do. So we're still dairy and gluten-free for the most part. We do cheap, but we saw why it returned to the like happy-go-lucky kid that he is. Um, that he wasn't fearful for us to be out of the room anymore. Like literally, we would walk out of the kitchen to go to the bathroom, and he would be like, "Mommy, you didn't tell me where you were going." Uh, and so that had subsided, and he and he started sleeping better. He was having lots of problems with sleep, and change his diet and his habits made the world of difference for him and he has been over a year so 
his last, the, the second seizure was uh, mid-January of 2018. Uh-huh. And so he has not had a second, he has not had a third. That's awesome. We were released by the neurologist mm-hmm. um, in February, actually. Uh, and she said, you know, I don't even, I don't even want to call these seizures, really. I want to call them episodes. <laughs> She's like, but let's just say this, that everyone could be allowed one or two seizures without problem. But <laughs> I think he has a dairy and a gluten sensitivity. Yeah. So she was just like, that was it. And so um, it taught me uh, a lot, obviously, to, as a mom, to trust your instincts mm-hmm. and as a provider to trust your instincts as well. But I, I didn't share it until, what, four weeks ago, maybe? Yeah, I think it was a start of- We really uh, kept it like, quiet because, number one, because I don't, I didn't want to, you know, invade his privacy. But also number two is that we were really trying to just figure it out. And I didn't want people to be looking at him like, oh, he has seizures. And I didn't want people to be talking about it in mm-hmm. front of him. Mm-hmm. And um, so now I feel confident in being able to share that story and give people hope that if they're not jiving with their providers, even if they're touted as being the best in the area, you should really look and find find other answers. Yeah. It doesn't mean that you won't go back to them, but but finding out more information and finding a provider that for me makes to cry makes me cry or gives me the warm and fuzzies or the goosebumps or whatever. Yeah. Um, that happens with patient my patients all the time. Like they sit in my first appointment doing their consult and they just start crying and they're like, I don't know why I'm crying. I'm like, well I do. We were just supposed to meet, you know. <laughs> um, so Finding a provider and a team is so important, regardless of who that is. Did you kind of want to go back to the children's hospital and be like, see, he doesn't need medication. Like, I don't <laughs> take that. Um, <laughs> no, we just parted ways gracefully. Yeah. <laughs> um, how would you recommend people go about finding their team because there's just so much information out there whether they go like down the doctor google search or they post on social media and you get like a million responses from people how do you feel or what do you think the best way is for people to really find their team because health is a team almost a team sport right to be the healthiest you have to kind of tap into a lot of different people I love that health is a team sport. Um, It it definitely is. So um, word of mouth is, is one of the most powerful things that I found. So whether it be social media, like you put a shout out and for example, like I'm in lots of uh, holistic or natural mom groups or uh, whatever, and you put a shout out or, Hey, I'm, this is going on. Do you guys have any holistic providers? Um, I've seen people make great connections that way. Mm-hmm. Um, like, I mean, even like holistic dentists and, uh, naturopaths, you know, like who, uh, those things work really well. Chiropractors, of course. Yeah. And 
gotten quite a few patients recently from those kinds of groups or just like mom groups in general. When they're like, hey, I'm looking for a doctor, I'm not opposed to a holistic doctor, was what one person wrote, and I just direct messaged her and said, hey, if you don't mind, what are you, what are you looking for specifically? Uh, because I am a, a chiropractor, um, I, I love women's health, and I, I know a lot of people in the area, so if you can give me a little bit more information, I'm happy to direct you to where you know, give you some options. Mm -hmm. And I ended up speaking with her on the phone and she was just like, thank you. You know, I'm new to the area and I had no idea. And so um, she's, a, she's a client now and we're working on some things and I have these other, these other people on the team uh, in my back pocket if she needs that in the future. Mm -hmm. um, and I referred her to her, her primary doctor and stuff like that. So yeah. I think a lot of it is figuring out, figuring out what the, what the person wants for themselves. Like I knew what I was looking for and I was looking for somebody that was willing to hear me, willing to try the holistic approach first. Mm -hmm. Um, and then, um, and then go from, go from there. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's really good advice. Just, you've got to connect with that person because a lot of it is yes. connection. It's not just, they're going to tell you what to do. You've got to really like, mm -hmm. like them. You should like your doctor. <laughs> you should. You can, yeah. if you don't, or if they don't want to listen, or if they keep bothering you about whatever, you know, it might be time to, to interview someone else. And that's how I kind of approach it. Like you should be interviewing your doctor or your chiropractor or your massage therapist. Like you should like them and feel like you're on the same team. Even if you may not agree on everything, which is okay. But if you don't have open communication and open understanding and mutual respect for one another, it's just not going to work. Yeah. Yeah, I use the term interview a lot with people too. I was like, you should interview whoever is taking care of you. And I have people mm -hmm. come into my office and they're like, oh yeah, I saw this guy. I didn't really like him. It's like, why would you like continue to go to someone who's going to put their hands on you and who you don't like? Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's right. like very weird to me. It's like, so yes. uh, people just get kind of stuck and they don't think that they have a choice, but we always have a choice, which I think. Right. Is we always have a choice. And I think sometimes too, is that people are so ingrained in using their insurance mm -hmm. um, that they, that they allow that to be the first question out of their mouth when they're interviewing a practitioner. And I honestly think the finances should be the last because, right. um, you want to connect with that person. And if that person is what's best for you or your child, mm -hmm. I know that you'll find a way to get it done. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so you're just, you know, so they're just negating the people that might be cash and they're cash for a reason. Right. You know, they're in demand. We don't want to pay, play that insurance game. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. That's a tough conversation for people to have. Yeah, mm -hmm. but I think it's necessary too. 
official. Okay, let's um, switch gears a little bit. Actually, let's talk about Walker because um, he broke his leg, which I kind of find hilarious. Because <laughs> hilarious. <laughs> um, our sons were born on the same day, which is pretty awesome. Yes, yes. And I guess there's some. Oh, yeah. Our children are what eight hours apart. Uh, I think they're eight. Yeah, eight hours. Yeah. Oh, they're born that because he was born at like four a.m. Uh, Walker was born at five, maybe five ish. Yes, I, don't know. I was younger, right? <laughs> I, like 11, I like 11 hours apart. But okay, the backstory okay. back is that um, Troy, Leah's husband, is my coach. And he, when we found out that we were both pregnant, he was like, Oh, they got me born on the same day. And he was like talking about it the whole time. And I was like, Yeah, 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 whatever, whatever. And I texted, yeah. him. we were supposed to have a call on the day that. Our sons were born and I texted him to and I was like, well, I'm not going to make it. I'm in labor. He's like, oh my God, Leah just had a baby. <laughs> I was like, no way. <laughs> so I'm like having contractions. I'm like, knew that she had, had had Walker, which was pretty sweet. So that's the backstory. Right. So we spent our, the, our maternity leave texting each other back and forth periodically, like in the wee hours of the morning. Yeah, totally. Like, what's he doing? What's he doing? <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'm awake. Are you? Yeah. <laughs> so um, that's why I think it's kind of hilarious that Walker had broke his leg. Mm -hmm. uh, well, obviously he's fine, so it's not. It is right. right. But um, so how how did he break his leg? Number one, and tell us a little bit about what's transpired since. That is kind of funny with his cast and everything. So. Um, so uh it was uh what's so funny is um Wyatt really doesn't like it when his younger brother Watson uh, is in trouble he is a little shyster and uh, gets away with everything and so um daddy was taking a toy away from Watson because he was being a stinker and he was putting that toy up the stairs and so Walker was trying to follow him up the stairs and he had said, uh, Wyatt, grab, you know, make sure Walker doesn't go up the stairs. So Wyatt, well, we think because it happened like he said that and then it happened, yeah. but neither one of us saw it. He picked up Wyatt or he picked up Walker and then he tripped. And uh, so, yeah, so it was brutal. Wyatt feels really bad. Uh, it's a total accident. Yeah. Um, but um, crazy, uh, interesting enough, uh, I knew he was hurt. He was shaking his leg a little bit on Sunday night uh, when it happened. But then I nursed him and he calmed right down and he went to sleep oh. all night. And, you know, it's Monday morning, so I'm getting the kids to school, running the errands I run on Monday morning. And then I pick up my uh, middle son from school again around lunchtime. And I sat the baby down to uh, on the floor and he started crying immediately, but not like whining, crying, like crying, like something hurts. So I realized, oh, he hasn't even weight bared on his leg for a while. I mean, I hadn't really put him down uh, at all that day, but I tried to make him crawl to me and he wouldn't. And when I stood him up, he wouldn't weight bear on his leg either. Yeah. And then when I palpated his leg, I could pinpoint make him cry. And, uh, and I was like, Troy, I think you broke his leg. And so we hemmed in. I was like, should I go? Should I not go? Should I go? Should I not go? And because all of a sudden he started crawling. Yeah. And I'm like, what is going on here? <laughs> but, 
my uh, oldest son, Wyatt, had broken his arm six weeks after Walker was born uh, last May. And it was very similar. He hurt immediately for a little while and then he went to sleep and he didn't complain like the next day until I put an ice pack on it and I was like, wait a minute, something's wrong here. Yeah. And I had taken him to the, I had taken him to the office and x-rayed him and it was broken through and uh, displaced. So we went to children's hospital. So I already kind of knew that when children break something, like they are hurt like immediately, but then I don't know what happens hormonally or, you know, something happens and they're like, okay, for a while, <laughs> it's crazy. And that's what happened with Walker. So I ended up canceling patients and taking them to children's uh, hospital. And like I said, they are, their emergency room is amazing. And um, they, he definitely had a fracture of his tibia on the cortical bone and uh through the cortical bone so he had a cast put on and then he crawled out of that cast on tuesday and then we went back on wednesday and got a new cast and then it started falling off on thursday <laughs> so then friday we went back again and i requested i requested the man the, the man that would cast this last cast and so he got his cast on friday and it is now wednesday and it's still on nice so so he's just crawling around he can he's really working his arms now because he has to pull up mostly with his arms and his one leg that doesn't have the cast on it and so uh he's doing really really well nice um, now yeah <laughs> but and but you know um that first night with the cast, uh, like he didn't really complain as long as, uh, just in general, he, I have pictures of us at waiting in the ER and he is smiling and happy and everything, except if I would touch his leg in that one spot, or if he would like bump his leg in that one spot, he would cry. But otherwise he was really happy, go lucky, like he, huh. he normally is. Yeah. Um, but that night when we got the cast, he was like inconsolable. He would nurse for a while, fall asleep, and then he'd wake up just arching his back and screaming. And uh, my husband and I couldn't get him to settle down. And that is, it's, I mean, that behavior is, he's never done that before. Uh -huh. So the only thing I could assume was, wow, his leg is hurting him. Um, so Troy went to, uh, uh, you know, the, the Walgreens to get some kind of a Motrin or ibuprofen because we don't have that at our house. Uh, in fact, I have three boys who clearly have been injured. Yeah. Um, and and uh, the, that was the first time I had administered uh, any sort of pain reliever to them. Uh, and uh, I mean, he was like drooling and out like immediately after I gave him a half a dose of infant Motrin. Uh -huh. um, but it, 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 I mean, it helped, I guess it did its job, but for me, for someone that we, that's not our first, our first knee-jerk reaction um, to, to give things like that, um, what was so interesting is that I hardly slept that night, like making sure he was still breathing yeah. because I read the back of the box and I was like, wow, I can't believe people give this to their kids like often. Uh, no judgment there uh, at all, um, but 
like in my head, I was like, oh my gosh, it says stroke on here. Yeah. <laughs> and so um, it was just a really, it's been a really interesting week and a really interesting two years when it comes to um, like kind of my beliefs and my knowledge being tested. Um, and what that is and what, you know, what I've always said is that there's a time and a place mm-hmm. for most, uh, you know, for the medical, there's definitely a time and a place for the, the uh, medical model and the medical paradigm. Um, but that is not always first for us. But when there is an emergency, <laughs> bones, yeah. uh, you know, care of, I even take care of people that have seizures in my office that have epilepsy and, and whatnot. But the difference is, is that they have a physician, they have a neurologist, they are, they have been seen by somebody that can rule out anything big and nasty. Right. So, so that's important, you know, that, that you have that team Mm -hmm. and that's what we definitely wanted for, um, for ourselves and for our children. Nice. That's awesome. So I'm going to switch gears just a tiny bit. Um, you have a house full of boys. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yes, I do. Yeah. How do you kind of tap into your own femininity and keep that like balance? Because there's a lot of oh. boy energy, masculine energy, and then but you want to mm-hmm. obviously instill this the other side in your boys. Um, mm-hmm. And so, how do you kind of balance that? There. You know. Um, I have thought a lot about this question and I really was like, gosh, I don't even know that I consciously do this. Yeah. Um, in all honesty, um, the only example that I could think of was, well, I, uh, so we bed share, uh, and, uh, the one thing I insisted on was that I was picking the bedspread and it is white and it has flowers on it. And Troy was like, looking at me like, this is like a, this is, like a, a girl's bedspread, like a woman's bedspread. And I said, I'm a woman. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, and he was like, oh, yeah, 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 that is true. We don't have to like have everything look like boy stuff in, in our house. <laughs> um, but, you know, uh, you know Troy really well, too. Yeah. And uh, he... Um, he is, you know, a masculine dude, of course, um, but he is also very good at communication and he is, he wears his heart on his sleeve. So unlike many men that may have been conditioned to be real stoic and not feel their feelings, uh, that isn't Troy. So um, I really, I really haven't had to be the one to like instill, um, like emotion in our kids necessarily and to like say you know it's okay to cry it's okay to feel that um that's kind of what you're asking you know yeah um, i wasn't really sure where i was going with this question um yeah to be honest i was like oh there's three boys there's obviously a husband Mm -hmm. there's got to be some way to kind of because you have that masculine and feminine energy and mm-hmm. I think raising boys is, is it's important to, that they can tap into that feminine energy. Right. Not, not shy. And I think we do a good job yeah. of that. Yeah. 
And so I was just wondering. Do a good job of that. Yeah. Anything specific? innately? I think I'm just because in, in that Troy is really in tune with that. Yeah. Kind of. Yeah, and I knew and that probably wasn't the question. Know, and the cool thing is, is that you know he, you know we just try to make sure that they respect, you know, respect women and. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, uh, like, you know, Troy and, uh, and his dad always, so specifically his dad always opens the car door for his mom uh -huh. and, uh, Troy would do that for me. Like when we met and I like had to be like, stop it. <laughs> I opened my own door. <laughs> so on special occasions, he still, I still let him open my door. Even though he tries to. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. Well, I think, I mean, obviously respecting women is super important, mm -hmm. but it's, it's so much more than that. Like, I think that's, right. that's a low bar to set. Right. You know, like that's, it should be a given that that's what mm -hmm. you're teaching your boys. Right, right. Teach them that it's okay to be, if they want to be, if they want to cry or whatever, it's not that like masculine where we have to. Yeah. Right. So I was just wondering if you had anything specific that you can think of. I wasn't sure that you would or not, especially knowing Troy like I do, but um, I thought I'd throw it out yeah. there. <laughs> See, I was like kind of fishing, see what would come out. <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I didn't really have a whole lot on that one. That's okay. <laughs> no worries. Well, that's about all I, the questions I have for you. I think that was really insightful, um, especially with Wyatt's story and how you guys found the team that you needed and, and we're able to work with a provider that listened to you, which is so important. Um, and so many parents mm -hmm. go through um, the same thing and, and maybe feel railroaded into doing certain things because they just don't know how or don't know, don't have the resources to, to kind of find a way to advocate them for themselves um, or just to mm -hmm. like put the brakes on and just be like, okay, let's just take a minute and, we won't go down this path today, maybe tomorrow, but let's just like process for a bit. Exactly, exactly. So you know, I forgot an important part of what um, the neurologist said on our last uh, appointment uh, with her. Um, I just said, you know, I said, I just want to thank you so much for everything that you did for my family. And she looked at me and was like, I didn't do anything. Like, really, I didn't do anything. <laughs> and I was like, but you may not have physically done everything, but your support meant everything to me. Uh -huh. Everything. And I would have paid you a hundred times to be there if I, if we needed this. And if this had gotten ugly and we needed, we needed someone uh -huh. um, with her expertise in that. Mm -hmm. And she just was no, I didn't do anything. It's like, yeah. oh, you did. You did everything for me. Yeah. <laughs> for my peace of mind. Yeah. And how we could help him naturally. And yeah. that's what you should feel, I think, right. when you're picking out a provider. Yeah, for sure. I totally agree. Well, thanks so much for being on the Mama Shift. We're excited to have people listen, and, and hopefully they can take away some some gems that that you that you left us with. Mm -hmm. Thank you for having me. Yeah, I'm going to stop there.